Adam Baum is musical director at Bancroft's Prep School and Julia Whitbread is director of music within the senior school. In this episode of Bancroft's Broadcasts, we're speaking to Adam and Julia about music at Bancroft's. The lessons, the concerts, the choirs and the musical opportunities that are there for the whole Bancroft's community. Let's meet them now. So, Adam Baum and Julia Whitbread, hello to you both. Hello. Good afternoon, Clive. Now, it's good to know who we're speaking to, and I gather you are both musical director. How can the school have two musical directors? Well, I think it's technically just slightly different job titles. When I got the job, they created one called musical director, Mm -hmm. and Julia has the more traditional title of director of music. So you could just swing the two (laughs) words around, and if that helps you... Musical director like you would having a show or something like that. I see. And how are the responsibilities split between these two important roles within the musical life at Bancroft's? Oh, well, I I tend to work in the senior school, so 11 to 18 years old. And Adam works in the prep school. Yeah, age 7 to 11. I see. And then, uh, yeah, the 7 to 11s, then most of them go on to the senior part of the school, which is a great transition. It's a really good transition for music as well. So between the two of you, you deal with music all the way through from the youngest age groups until the end. You're seven to 18, mm-hmm. yes. So you both head up the, the the musical fun at Bancroft's, but are you doing this alone or do you, do you have other colleagues with whom you work? No, hugely extensive team. So all of the prep children travel up to senior school to have their individual music lessons. Mm-hmm. And we have a wonderful team of 30 teachers who come in and teach on an individual basis every day of the week. I think Adam and I worked out earlier on, it's about 450 individual mm. lessons a week. Oh, so it's, it's huge. Mm. Um, and of course, they're all preparing to take, you know, uh, graded exams and that kind of thing. So this is that individual tuition for those youngsters who really yes. have a, a talent and a flair for a particular instrument. Yes, yes. And then up in the senior music department, I've got uh, my colleagues, Caroline and Rebecca, who both teach within the department. And then I have a graduate assistant called Rory. Wonderful. It's good to know you have a good team around you. How about you, Adam? How are things at your end of the school? Yeah, I mean, not as big a team. Well, I'm part, I'm part of the mm. team of 30 per- 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 or visiting teachers, as we as we call them. And um, yeah, we have about 100, yeah, 190, 200 travel up to the, to the senior school for their lessons from here. And I have the most amazing graduate assistant here called Laura. Laura and um, she's been with with us all year so far. She does all the astonishing things that I can't do, and <laughs> and more as well. So she's amazing. I'm very very lucky to have her and my colleagues here within the prep school are hugely supportive too. Sounds like a brilliant team you have there. Tell us in a little more detail if you could, because do you do hands-on music instruction yourselves? Are you there to uh, supervise and conduct? pardon the pun, your, your colleagues and, and what goes on. Let us into a little bit of the, the, of the life of a musical director or a director of music at Bancroft's. Well, it's all of that. Was, you, you neatly summed it up, actually. It's all of those things. We are practitioners. We both play as well. And we do teach and we facilitate and we try to support and uh, manage our colleagues as well. Um, we there are other people in our departments, um, and there's lots and lots of visiting teachers. Um, so all of the things you said are true, and, and probably a snapshot of a day. But beyond the snapshot, there's a lot more detail as well. But it was a good it was a good description. How about from your perspective, Julia? Yeah, much the same. All of the above. Both departments are extremely busy places, and it's rare that you'll come into the either building and find that they're silent, unless it's first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening. I suppose a silent music department wouldn't really cut the mustard, would it? It doesn't work. It doesn't really work. work. 
No. Am I right in thinking or right in assuming that a busy, busy time of year for music teachers is that whole December Christmas period? Is that is that still the case? Very true. Yes. Just as our colleagues are winding down, we're ramping <laughs> up to those final concerts and carol services. So how did it go for you folks in the Christmas just past? Yeah, good. It, it was. We had different. We did different things, which is which is great. But it was busy in our world. We had for the first time. Well, not the first time we've ever done a nativity, which you would associate at Christmas time with a with a school. But it's the first time we've ever done a nativity with the youngest children in the school. Oh, in, right. In, doing embracing the whole of the production, from costumes to singing to acting to staging. First time we've ever done that. We've always done it with older older children with our own within our own prep setup. So this was the what we are year three. So they're only seven years old, and they they took on the whole of the nativity, and it was it was really really good. Um, did two performances. It was nicely packed, as you hope it would be for that. And that was on that was the penultimate week of term. And then in the final week of of term, we went on we went much more epic and then had a concert in the senior school and what we call the great hall which is the biggest hall in hall in the senior school and that was what you might associate with it being a traditional christmas concert you know with about i don't know 600 parents there I see. And and Julia, how about with your particular age group, with the senior school? Yeah, we had a carol service, which we actually did at a local church. But Prep are quite involved in that because their choir comes and sings as well. And then we did something slightly different. We didn't have a big all singing, all dancing concert this year. We did a promenade performance. So we chose one of the coldest nights of the year to be Mm. outside, (laughs) uh, at least for part of it. So we started out in our very beautiful quad. And then we moved into the chapel and did some song and dance in there. And we moved from there, then outside into the gap between the chapel and the Great Hall, did some performances there. And then finally ended up in the Great Hall with some traditional and not so traditional Christmas music both sacred and secular. Something I've noticed from both of you and what you've told me there is a mix of things you're saying which are maybe traditional or particular standards that happen every year, as we'd expect, but both of you have mentioned doing something a little bit different or flexing things about a bit. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I think when I first came here, I felt quite, I felt it was quite important to, um, this is my, my sixth year at Bancross, but I felt it was quite important to maybe break the mould a bit, do things a bit differently, not have the same concerts necessarily in the same time with the same people. And I think we've done that. But of course, this is the first normal year after COVID because Christmas, you know, Christmas a year ago looked very different. We were suddenly forced to do everything outside and, and you know, we were not quite out of the woods. Whereas this year, where well, I feel that it's the first time that we're actually being, you know, we've been able to do ex- things exactly how we used to yes last year we had to we in fact filmed our christmas concert and then gave gave it to the parents like a christmas present i suppose <laughs> for them to watch the different year groups in action and um our nativity with again without an audience and uh, we were up against the ravages of covid then so this year julie's exactly right it was much more celebratory this year and i like home and because it's a christmas concert it doesn't mean that every item has to be about Christmas, because you've got to plan, you've got to know your audience as well. Of course. Um, so, and it doesn't have to be all about the baby Jesus side of Christmas. See, there are there are jingle bells too, <laughs> and there's other songs that have nothing to do with Christmas that are jingle or Jesus, and they're 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 really good too. So, I, it's good to reflect. There's lots of music. So things like those big Christmas concerts and this sort of thing, a highlight of the year, but to have been 
sort of improvising around the edges of those and not being able to do those fully for the last couple of years. What was it like for the children involved to be part of such a great coming together of people for the first time in quite some time? Well, it struck us. We didn't quite clock it, but when we did the concert this year, um, we asked the children how many of them have done it before because it is it, every child is involved in that particular concert. And year, and year six were the only ones that had actually done that concert before. We hadn't... I, of course, if we put our combined brains together, we might have realised, oh, that was the last, but we just didn't click. Mm. It surprised us a little bit to realise, because of COVID and the downloaded concerts, that was the first time that we were able to do it like that. So it was quite different, and it, uh, it just gave us a little bit more thought about how we evented it, really. I think the excitement that surrounds any production, any, at any time of the year, I think is infectious for our students. Always a buzz, and isn't therefore, it? Yeah, those taking part for the first time, I think really, really felt, you know, they felt that. I think we felt it. Mm. We haven't felt that for a couple of years and we've really missed it. That's wonderful to hear. I'm so pleased that you're able to get back again and do what you do and have such a rewarding time with music and the students who, who've maybe missed it for a while. Away from that particular sort of uh, concert time of year, that, 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 that Christmas time, what are your plans now looking forward for this term and beyond? Any particular interesting plans in the pipeline? Well, we always do a concert at Draper's Hall and that's coming up uh, on the 27th of March. It's where we really showcase our very talented students. So we've got all sorts of things on the go. Um, Carnival of the Animals by Saint-Saëns. We're going to do some orchestral things. So there'll be uh, Bancroft Symphonia, Bancroft Singers are our sort of main choir and orchestra. But there'll be lots of other things going on during that concert. But of course, it's in very beautiful surroundings because Draper's Hall is a really stunning place to perform. So we were back there last year for the first time. So, the, yeah, we've got that to look forward to. Excellent. And I, I certainly much view this term as a sort of consolidation term. We have uh, some smaller uh, concerts happening. We Only today, actually, we've started um, rehearsals for our talk about it later, our musical that we're doing. So we've started this very day with the, the year group that are particularly doing it. So it's a good chance to consolidate after Christmas as you go forward uh, to the summer term. We, had a, we have a lovely assembly at the end of term all about spring and Easter Again, a bit like Christmas, combining both facets of, the, of that season and, and, and of that celebration. So that's what this this term is about. Really, just trying to get back children back into as well some curriculum learning as well after after Christmas. Oh, and I should have said we've got a musical coming up in three weeks' time. Yes. Actually, although I'm not completely directly involved this time, but the senior students will be doing Crazy for You just before half term. Oh, I don't know that. What's Crazy for You all about? So Crazy for You is all based on the music of George Gershwin, with one of those funny stories that you get in musical theatre. So lots of laughs, lots of comedy, lots of dancing, but wonderful Gershwin songs. Fascinating rhythm is probably one of the most famous songs. And I Got Rhythm. I I Got got Rhythm, rhythm, Embraceable You, Someone to Watch Over Me. It's it's, a... Full of really wonderful tunes. Now that's ringing a bell, I see. And I know you've done other wonderful things in the past, haven't you? I've heard your colleagues and some of the the students themselves talking about Matilda and Oliver. Both both last year, weren't they? Yeah, both last year. Matilda was us in the summer term, huge success. Probably our biggest in terms, yeah, probably... Yeah, it was big, probably our biggest success, actually. It was really, really good. And I wouldn't talk to defend the children who did previous ones, like The Lion King and uh, and Jungle Book. They were good too. But this, uh, there was something special about Matilda. You're both giving me the impression that music is a reasonably significant part of life at Bancroft's. Is that is that fair to say? Oh, yeah, we'd certainly like to think so, yes. Mm-hmm. I tell the parents, which you, which you would expect me to do, obviously, as a, as a salesman at certain times of the year. But... Um, <laughs> 
but it does seem to go through the heart of the score. That's what I try to say. And be, within the heart of the heart is uh, singing. So there's, there aren't many days, certainly in the prep school, because it's easiest to us. You've got they're captured. You've got a captured audience here. Where we don't, we when we don't do singing, whether it's singing uh, in twice a week in assembly or singing practice or two choirs a week or or indeed ch- chapel when 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 we go to that. There's singing. Some kind of singing every day goes on. And in lessons too. And that common thread of music that runs through the school, has that always been the case? Has that changed at all during the time that, that you two have been working there? Well, I don't, I don't know. I think it's out, you know, any, any, any teacher in any department has, a, has the personalities that bring it to it. So I guess it's Julia's nice personality to, who likes singing to bring, to bring that style of music to it. Um, I, I certainly be, I've been here longer than Julia, so I probably, there is, there is a change. There's more animation about the department, I would say. There is more singing within the department. There's more instrumentally going on. So I think there's a there's a perceptible upward shift, and that that's sort of partly certainly coincided with Julia's uh, arrival. She takes what is brilliant about her is is she she takes wonderful musical risks, and I think that <laughs> she's much braver than I am in that in that sense. I don't mind saying. I just felt really mm-hmm. strongly when I came here that if I didn't form a really good working relationship with Adam. That, you know, I, I look to this department where we are at the moment, we're actually in Adam's classroom. I look to this, to what's happening down here to build for the future. So a seven-year-old might be a future wonderful oboe player, bassoon player, violin player. Um, and I think that's that's so important. If, if, um, if we're not kind of looking to build over the whole time that they're here during their school career musically, then... I don't feel as though I've done my job, really. I, you know, I, I felt that was really important that, that we would work together, even though, mm. to all intents and purposes, we are two separate departments. Mm. But you're relying on Adam to instill in the younger children that, that love of music, that excitement, that willingness to be part of something fun and something educational. And then, uh, as you say, as they grow older, you get to maybe really enjoy the talents that are coming yeah, through. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Adam hit it on the head he, when he used the word facilitator. Because mm. I, I am a teacher and I do direct music or I plan for music um, in the senior school but I'm a facilitator. That that I see is one of the most important parts of my role here. Now, Adam, Julia mentioned there that we're actually speaking to you in your particular classroom. And I can see behind you there a, a, an array of various different objects and instruments. Will you just describe the scene for us? Clive, I'm sorry it's not tight. If I'd known you were going to be looking around my room, I'd have... <laughs> it's okay. I'd Our listeners can't up. see. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of radio broadcast, isn't it? Well, be- behind me now, and what you can see but they can't, is just a series of, of percussion. I'm just looking at it the same as you are on my screen, and I can see a, dr- a drum kit, conga drums, bongo drums. So that, that that window that you're looking at there is just all percussion. It's the most – It's apart from clapping your hands and singing, it's the most accessible uh, form of music you can make with children. We're only doing it yesterday with year four. We just got out all the wooden, a lot of the wooden instruments, because wooden instruments you get instant results and they're very clicky and short and sharp and much more than metal. And we were doing rhythms with that in response to a little, a little song. So song with rhythm, clicking along to it. But what you see behind you there, things that you can do 
pretty instantly. And that's a decent drum kit that we can use also within our musical groups. So that's a percussion corner. You mentioned accessibility there. Music at the school sounds a wonderful thing to do if you have a talent for it, a flair for it, an interest in it. What about children for whom music is maybe a bit of a struggle or it doesn't sort of hit them straight away and they don't fall instantly in love with it? And what's it like for children maybe who, who are in that particular bracket? They might have another subject that they, they take to more readily, but if music isn't their first love, what's their musical experience like for them? It's a good question. I think the things that I've tried to bring into the co-curriculum are things like drumline. So one of my visiting music teachers uh, runs a drumline session that anybody can go along to. We've got percussion club, we've got a ukulele club. And I think it's about open access. Right. Because when I talked earlier on about Bancroft Symphonia and Bancroft Singers, they are highly regarded. They're playing and singing to an extremely high level. And not everybody is going to even, you know, perhaps aspire to that. And that's absolutely fine. But I think it's also about making accessibility real by actually having other things that people can just dip in and out of as they want to. And it sounds like there's a whole range of options. So if one thing doesn't particularly grab me, then there's something else, a different format, a different instrument, a different class that really might might excite me. Yeah. I think Adam, again, has referred to this already, that singing is really important. Now, I'm not going to say that every single child in senior school likes or wants to sing, because that wouldn't be true. But singing is something that everybody can do. It's, it's an innate part of us. And I think it particularly encouraging for me over the last couple of years has been the take up of singing by boys in our boys' choirs. Oh, right. Okay. And, you know, they, they come along every week and they love it and they tell me that they love it. And I think that's, that's really important. Boys and singing is, it does, even if they're relatively young like ours, is, is, a, is a thorny issue. It shouldn't be. But, and, I, and I, you know, I try to be non observant about whether they're a boy or a girl. I only think um, when we're singing with them. But an example of the, the progression of it is well, two things. We went all went to uh, year five, went to see a concert last, to take part in a concert last night called Young Voices. And there was 9,000 children there as a spectacle at the O2, beyond a spectacle, a spectacle beyond a spectacle. And it was, it was amazing. So the inspiration behind that is incredible. So any, all those children, any of those children just described who can't, don't feel they can access music so easily, it's not for them. Well, there was a spark, a literal, it was a spark of lights or thousands and thousands of lights. So that's something that was really good. And then something that surprised us this afternoon when we were doing, you know, pre-auditions for the show that I've, I've mentioned, the boys, you know, they really stood up and stood out, stood up, both of those things stood up and stood out. And it's not always something you expect with the conventions of how these things seem to work in our experience. So that, that was quietly encouraging. But singing is instant access. You know, it doesn't take long to rehearse it and it's straight back at you. For me, in senior school, choice of repertoire, mm. what we choose to sing in class, the, you know, what we choose to study is really important. So, for example, the removes have been, uh, last time they were looking at the Beatles. And that's, uh, you know, it's, it's part of British music heritage. And I think, you know, they've all enjoyed singing some Beatles songs. Uh, and that's everybody in, in class music. Does that help when it's something that is recognisable and accessible that people can straight away see the appeal, feel the joy and, and buy straight into? Yes, definitely. And then those that then choose to perhaps join a choir, you can then throw something a bit different at them, a bit more challenging. But if you've built up that trust, that musical trust that, you know, you'll always try to make it fun, that there will always be a, a really good uh, high level outcome. I think that's really important. I love that phrase, musical trust. 
And that's important because I suppose for some children, it may feel a little bit intimidating or, or embarrassing. And if they trust you and they trust the way that you're going to put things together and they can let themselves go, try something new, try singing, um, then you're going to support them. You're going to welcome them and they can move on to, to, to the next, the next adventure. Yeah. The best, one of the best things for me is that people, you know, of all ages, boys and girls of all ages come and hang out in the music department. There's lots of sort of fledgling bands and people saying, oh, can I use the room at this time? And you know, and that that's really that's you know that is music to my ears. <laughs> I see what you've done there. Now let me ask a fundamental question. Then you've both of you mentioned at various times in the last few minutes how how music's important. Why is it important? Why should we care so much that that, that music is something that children have access to? What would be missing from their time at school if music didn't feature as it does at Bancroft's? I'm, I'm not sure that describing it as something missing. I think it's actually, um, obviously we're all very aware of our mental health and the way life can actually throw things at you that, you know, um, you don't expect. But often we talk about music that they might be accessing or, and I'm interested in what they're listening to. And I ask them about, you know, well, what, why do you like that? What, you know, what speaks to you in that piece of music? And sometimes they just say, oh, it makes me feel calm or happy or reflective and and actually music and emotion is is so strong i think that's that would be true of seven yeah. year olds right up well as you know as old as you can get yeah. we all like to listen to music but sometimes we listen to music in a in a in a way that because we want it to speak to us yes i think it takes you away from just a, even if it's for a minute or maybe like last night's concert at the o2 with with the lights and the thousands and the high quality, it takes you away from what's happening in your day, the routine. Any, but you can, you okay, you might, you might come back to your anxieties and your problems. But for that snapshot of time, however long that snapshot is, and certainly I can vouch for last night with the response that we got from the children, the response from parents, with the emails that we've received today, thanking us for the the event. When you're seeing music and part of an event, they were part of the con, they were the concert. You could see how that sort of transcends the problem. It transcends the daily. And just coming like this morning in choir, I had the choir this morning, it was 100, how many is half the, half the year, half the school. So that's 130, 120, something like that. And we did kind of two songs without any words. Well, they had words, but they were kind of not nonsense words, really. They didn't, they didn't make any, didn't have to make any sense. Um, but you see the animation at the time. The communication wasn't really required from me. I was just saying they repeated. We joined in. So that's what music can do. It's there's a universally a universality about it that um, doesn't often doesn't involve language particularly. It has a language of its own. Mm, yeah, mm. I understand. Excellent. Now you've both helped us really understand some more about the musical life. Uh, of Bancroft's, but I'd like to be a bit nosy now and ask about the pair of you as as musicians. I'm assuming you both play yourselves. Let, let me know a little bit about about what you do musically. I play the scene to burn. I come in school and playing the piano all, all day long. By background, I've did most of my life was playing the trumpet. I don't play it so much as I should now. It's at home. I bring it out. I play it uh, sometimes at uh, where I go to church. So I lead the music in my church setting as well we have a wonderful group there so that we practice once a week and then obviously there's the service as well until recently i did i was the musical director of shows you know you put on i don't know a musical like sweet charity something like mm. that and then 
obviously, you know, you need a, someone who's going to musically lead that and put it all together along with the director. And I've done, oh, I don't know, feels like hundreds, but it's probably 60, 70 of them, something in my time, something like that. So that's what Fantastic. I did there. And I've had quite a bit choirs and orchestras and then just listen to a lot of music. And Julia, how about you? When you go home from being a, a, a music teacher and a director of music, do you put your feet up and enjoy music in, in your own particular way? No, no, I am... Um... I'm busy. Last night I was in central London rehearsing with City of London Choir. Um, I always had an ambition to sing with a London choir and perform in some of the major London concert halls. So we're working towards a concert on the 14th of March. And I'm an examiner for the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music. And that takes up quite a lot of time when I'm not here. Um, And I've been very fortunate. I've been able to travel quite extensively with them as well in the uh, summer holidays. Uh, Obviously not recently, but prior to COVID. Is that examining the various sort of music exams people do? Yes. Mm. Right, yeah, I grades. see. The grade yeah, system. The right, yeah. yeah, I see what you mean. So for both of you, music is very much part of your lives, isn't it? It's it's school, away from school. Um, when you're at work, when you're at rest, it's something that, that you both uh, embrace fully by the sound of it. Yes. Mm. Uh, I'd, the music I'd have at home would be mighty different from um, <laughs> singing wordless wordless songs. Like, like boom, diara, boom, diara, boom, diara day. It was what I sang this morning. That might not have, that might not have come into my home life, but it's it's part part of me. So that, that's, of course. that's it. Well, go on then. Tell us a bit about, about the music that you love. If I was to offer you both that Desert Island Disc moment, we're probably just going to pick one tune, I suppose, rather than a full program's worth. But Julia, I'll start with you. If you were going to pick one bit of music that you would make sure we know about or that you want to profess your love for what might that be i have to go to two actually only because it's very difficult because i have (laughs) i've got such an an eclectic mix of music that i like i suppose it's usually what i'm rehearsing at the time so uh last night i was singing the diaz ire from verdi requiem it's just so dramatic it's just so dramatic and it's you know you can really open your mouth and just go for it okay but anything by queen would be my other my other go-to right that's your your big love when it comes to rock music is it queen yeah wonderful now adam you're allowed to as of course because julia changed the rules on us so uh, okay <laughs> well i love dear i love dear i love the dear zero that's just off the scale but mine would also a choral piece a bit older than uh, julia's one it's a piece called the creation that's by a composer called Haydn, and i just love the the first 15 20 minutes i'd definitely take that and there's a there's a section of it within the first 20 minutes when the choir is singing. I don't care how many times I hear it, the hair song. I know song, which one you're going to say. The heavens are, te- <laughs> the heavens are telling. And um, whenever I hear it, doesn't matter how many times the hairs on my arms down. So that's a fairly good sign. I think that I could take that to my desert island. And I'll, um, if you let me, I'll take Penny Lane as well. Oh, good choice. Because I love, I love the trumpet solo. Yes, <laughs> wonderful. I love a Beatles tune, and I do love the fact that both of you have picked in your in your two tunes. There, you've picked something uh, more sort of classical or or, or or sort of choral, and something uh, pop, something rock, something we recognise. So that breadth yes, yes. of music that you both clearly love so much is is coming through in those choices. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. You've both of you really, I think, helped us understand that music is it is not just part of life at the school, but something that sounds quite versatile and quite flexible and something that's there for pupils in whichever form or, or however deep they'd like to take it. And it sounds like a very, very welcoming sort of way to approach music. Yes, absolutely. Yes, thank you. Clive, you're welcome to come in and sing to us. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that, believe me. <laughs> Wonderful. But in the meantime, Adam and Juliet, thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. 
We heard there from Adam Baum and Julia Whitbread about the breadth, scale and variety within the musical life of Bancroft School. We discussed the importance of music to mental health, the ways in which music is fun and accessible, and how grand concerts and performance are a highlight of the Bancroft's calendar. <laughs>